you would turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, and we're just going to read one scripture, um, which would be 20, 26, 14, 26. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. The scripture says, in Jesus' name, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Everybody say amen to that. Master, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house on a Friday night. We thank you for the opportunity to share from our experiences and from your word. I pray that your anointing would be here tonight. I pray that you would touch our minds that we might receive from you, that the Holy Spirit might speak to us and give us something to hold on to of substance that will carry us through this season and into the next one. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. All right, guys, you can have a seat. So it's kind of hard to follow Carmen. Let me just say that. She's a very lively speaker. And she's kind of a hard act to follow, man. Homegirl will be putting her all into everything. She'll be at the store buying milk. And <laughs> she's just, she does everything with passion. I love you, Carmen. And I appreciate your personality. She's the same all the time. And that's something that re- I really exp- uh, respect and, and admire about her. She's the same all the time, no matter who's in front of her. She's got nobody to impress. She's Carmen. Amen. So, my brother. <laughs> Hi, Tito. Uh, so, you know, I, Belinda is at home. She's got a sinus infection. Yeah, she sounds like she's talking in a phone, you know. Operator, can I transfer your call, please? That's what she sounds like right now. And, and she's not feeling well. She's been jacked up all week. Um, so I kind of, I took the pass and I'm going to run with it. And so in kind of figuring out what, uh, what to say tonight, I had actually been working uh, like doubles, triples, quadruples for the last three days. So I really haven't had much time to put anything together. But luckily... Um, the day last Wednesday, we went to Sanctuary Fellowship for the multi-church prayer meeting extravaganza, and it was, it was actually really cool. If you were there, um, I was just, I was blown away by the prayer, by the people, by how many people showed up. Um, honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a relatively big church. If we had brought everybody that was there here, it'd be packed to outside the door. That's how many people were there. Um, but you can't really see it because the place is bigger, so it looks like less people. Um, but I was blessed. But on that particular day, I, was, um, I had gone to pick up the kids at school. And on Wednesdays, they have a half day of school. And, and as I'm driving on the Bruckner Expressway, there was a sign. Any chance I can get a bottle of water? My mouth is like super dry. I brushed my teeth just before I got here. And I'm struggling to move my mouth. Thank you so much, Renee. And uh, I saw this sign, and it was a picture. Julio, would you be able to put that PowerPoint up for me? And this was the image that I saw on the billboard. Right, and I, just want, I want you to take a moment, and I want you to just absorb the image. I just want you to look at it. And, and I'll tell you what it is in a moment. Um, but I just want you to take a look. I want you to 
kind of think about what the image means to you, what maybe what it represents. Uh, think about what it says to you, what uh, maybe even a young person would think as they're looking at this image. Just kind of take a moment and take it in. And so, and so, you know, immediately the, as I was driving past it, I looked up and kind of did a double take and I was like, what the heck is that? And I was, I was a little bit taken back. I was a little bit shocked. Um, and, uh, I'll let you know what it is. It's actually, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. It's actually an advertisement for a new show that's, come on already or is either coming on what is it already on it is already on and it's on and believe it or not it's on the what has been known in its existence throughout its existence as the family channel right abc family right abc family so this is on abc family was it called what freeform But the website still says ABC Family, right? Oh, but they changed it? Oh, I was on the website today where I took the picture from, and it still said the ABC Family. Oh, on the TV. Uh, I won't be watching TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah? Good. There's nothing on there. It's all smut and futness and garbage. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm I'm I'm. I'm, I'm I apologize. Bashing ABC. They deserve it. Uh, so I saw this image, and I was really just kind of blown away, like, what is that? And I, obviously, my curiosity took me to figuring out what it was, realized it was an advertisement for ABC Family. Now, I had already had a bit of an experience with it before. Belinda had been watching, at one point, a show that was called... Uh, uh, different family or something like that where there were there was a um, a female couple who were parents was it the Fo the fosters is it the fosters the fosters and there's this fam foster family with two moms um and there's just all of this stuff and and on the same channel there's this other show called uh pretty little liars which is the stupidest show on the planet but it's absolutely you know sinister and and total don't please don't watch this stuff. Belinda has since <clears throat> repented and stopped watching Pretty Little Liars when she realized that it was a revolving door of never-ending stories. Um. So I think now the thing is, is that you don't even have to know that it's a show. You don't even have to know what it's about. But just seeing the image alone creates something in your mind, right? Creates something in your mind. And, and it's, and it's a, an image that will most likely last, right? And so imagine being a child and seeing this image, right? And you see in the middle, the, the, clearly it's of some kind of a portrait that's been smashed in the middle. And, you know, obviously the, the one that got hit was the little boy. In the image, there's hatred, there's anger. The, the little boy essentially was the target of someone's rage, somebody's anger, somebody's... Um, desire to destroy 
the family. Um, and this is the world we live in. And some of you are thinking, yeah, this is going to be one of those messages. No, I'm going to go light tonight. It's going to be okay. I'm not going to tell you who the Antichrist is. I'm not telling you when the, when the rapture is coming. I'm just going to share a few points with you. I just want to let you know if you haven't already figured out, and I'm sure you have, um, and, and, and what I'm going to say is really targeted towards families and people who are thinking about having children one day and people who already have children, um, young couples. Um, and so, you know, if, if you don't feel, fit in any of those brackets, don't worry because there's still something even for you. Um, so be patient with me. Uh, so the last hundred years or so have seen, has seen a big and, uh, and unprecedented attack on what is perhaps God's most precious creation, right? God's most precious creation is the family, if, 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 if you ask me, right? Now that I'm a father, I, I see things, you know, through a different, you know, filter. I'm, now that I'm a dad, to me, my family is the most precious thing on the planet, um, they, my kids amaze me every day. My wife is just absolutely amazing. And Satan's assault on our families, uh, it's been relentless, it's been insidious, it's been calculated, and it's been devastatingly effective. Right? We have to admit that over the course of the last few decades, this attack that we've seen on the family has been highly effective. We're talking about divorce rates going up. Again, they, they kind of have this thing where they incline and then they decline, they incline. We're currently on a state of in, on a decline, but it's not by much. It's still up. Um, and so what I wanted to do tonight was kind of share with you a few points um, on what you can do with your family and even some strategies for yourself to help you be a successful family, to help you to be a godly family, to help you continue living a life that is pleasing to God, but living a life that is moving towards God all the time. All right? You guys give me a few minutes of your time so I can share these? All right, so I've made it super simple. All right? You guys like simple, right? All right. So I have four simple points. You ready? All right, so I want people with pens and paper. I want people writing stuff down. Now, if for some reason your thumb and forefinger don't work, I have already emailed Julio the notes. You can download them later. Yes. Yes, I'm nice like that, ladies and gentlemen. All right, point number one. I'm going to say the point, and it's basically a catchphrase for you to memorize, but then I'm going to give you points to explain or to create an image in your mind of what that means. All right? So first... Put God first. And if you're writing this down, write down in brackets, individually. Put God first, individually. Now, I'll also kind of give you a little caveat and just say I'm not an expert in family psychology or anything like that. But, you know, I got a couple of years under my belt of being a dad now and a husband. Uh, and so this is, this is, in my opinion, a surefire way to succeed. All right, so individually, first, design who you want to be. All right, so we find that in the family, in preserving our family, in guiding our family, in directing and leading our family, we have to figure out who we are, what we're doing, where we're going, what our goals are, and what we want our model to look like for our children and for those who are watching us. Somebody say amen. All right, so design who you want to be. 
First point, make a list of goals and put it down on paper. Can't get any more simple than that. If you have just come to the Lord or if you're unsatisfied with where you are in the Lord and in your, in your lifestyle and in your behavior with the Lord, a way to change it is to make some goals for yourself and make them measurable. Write down some goals for yourself. Perhaps there's somebody in your church, a, a godly person at your job that you admire and that you aspire to be and you might see a pattern of living that they live and there may be things that you want to see manifesting in your own life, right? Write it down, all right? Everybody say, write it down. Keep it somewhere safe, somewhere you can look at it often and assess your progress periodically, right? Go back to it, look at it. Okay, so here's my little checklist. Oh, I didn't do too good in that this week. We're going to work on that a little bit more this week. And you go down the list. Figure out what kind of man or uh, woman of God you want to be and focus on simply becoming that person with the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Focus on becoming the man or woman of God you want to be and invite the Holy Spirit to have preeminence over all of it. By the way, prayer helps. Somebody say amen. Uh, It's kind of like putting together a training or a workout schedule for those of you who actually work out, unlike me. Uh, Or or if you're into dieting, right, so you plan out your meals the whole week ahead, and then you're kind of, no, no. Yeah, I don't do that either. Uh, I I somehow fit in there somewhere. Don't worry. Um, It's kind of like that, putting together a plan for yourself, where you want to see yourself being, Uh, especially if God has spoken a word over over your life that is confirmed, and you know that, you know, at some point in your life, You're going to be, God is going to pull on you to become teacher, preacher, evangelist, apostle. Work towards that. There are steps that you need to take to get to that point. You're not going to do it overnight. God is not going to do it overnight. He's smarter than that. Amen? We would just, if we, if we, if somebody prophesied and said, hey, you're going to be a pastor and you became a pastor the next day, you'd blow it. You would blow it real hard. So it takes time. Use that time to practice, to pray, to set goals for yourself, to learn, to study, to get certified and qualified. Uh, Get on the scale and check your progress by those who are closest to you. Ask them if there's a noticeable change, right? So I know that when my wife is dieting, like, like every single day, like five minutes after she decided to diet, she's like, Bobby, do I, have you noticed, it's, is it smaller? I'm like, babe, you just started. You ate one mango. And you think... Say again? Humor, I do believe. Ask her about it next time you see her. I, I do. I do give her the look, though. Usually it starts with a... <laughs> really? Uh, personal prayer time, personal Bible study. Um, there's a there's a book that I had that was in a Bible institute I was going to last year called How to Study the Bible. Really difficult name of a book, but there 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 are simple books that you can get. Uh, they, they show you how to break down the word into the what, who, when, where, and why, um, the context, you know, all of that stuff. It's real simple. Husbands, fathers, grandfathers, uncles, brothers, employees, employers, wives, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters. Um, women of God, men of God, 
in our pursuit of becoming the person that we want our children to watch and grow into, right, there are some things that we can do to make ourselves better, right? Here's a simple strategy. I'm going to give you just a couple of words. All right, so everybody say respect, honor, um, loyalty, and uh, ambition. All right? Did you write that down? Shame on you. So these things drive us, right? We all want to be respected. Is that true? We all want to be honored. Right? We all want loyalty. Are these words that we expect from children as well? Well, we do want their loyalty too, right? Doesn't it kind of hurt when, you, when they say, uh, I love daddy more than I love you. That kind of sucks. Or, or, I hate being here. I want to go to Grammy's house. I've actually heard that. I actually fell on the floor and cried. <laughs> right? We want some loyalty. Um, and one that's a little different is we want to curb our ambitions, right? So if you want respect, live a respectable life for all to see and duplicate. Change that a little bit. If you want to be respected by your children, live a respectable life so that they can see it and duplicate it. It goes back to the train up your children in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they shall not depart from it. So if they see you, you're their biggest hero. Right? Well, even if you're not the parent, you may be an aunt or just somebody that comes to hang out. They look up to us. Amen? If you want to be honored, be honorable. If you want to be loyal, I mean, if you want loyalty, what should you be? Loyal. If you want to conquer the world, right? It's okay to have some ambition. If you want to conquer the world, do it the way Jesus did. Amen? He said, don't be afraid because I have overcome the world, right? So he conquered the world. He overcame the world. He, he did it <clears throat> by submitting to the Father all the way to the cross. Somebody say amen. You're not jumping up and down, and that's fine, but that's a phenomenal point. I'm going to say it again. If you want to conquer the world, do it the way Jesus did, submitting to the Father all the way to the cross. Life of sacrifice. In a family, you have to live a life of sacrifice. Amen? My, my, recently, I... Uh, should I let the cat out of the bag? No, not yet. Something really cool happened to me this week. Something just really ridiculous. <laughs> it's his fault. All right, so I got, I, I got, a, I got hired for a new job. But it's not just a job. It's a movement into a career. Um, and there was a checklist that myself and my family, we'd been praying for. And not only were the, ch the points of the checklist met, there are extra things that are so unprecedented that it's absolutely ridiculous that it happened to me. And I know that I know that I know that it's God that had his way in my life. And it's just... And I'll leave it at that. Because I do plan on explaining the details at a later time during a testimony, maybe on a Sunday, hopefully. That's all right. All right. So in our pursuit of becoming the man or woman of God that we want our children to witness and duplicate, we have to 
be respectable. We have to live honorably. We have to be loyal. And we have to uh, submit to the Father. Right? We have to curb our ambition and be ambitious only for the Father's purposes. Right? Amen? All right. Number two. So you got that, right? The first point one was put God first individually. Everybody say, put God first individually. All right, so to see, hey, where'd my family go? It's okay. In order to succeed, to preserve our families, we have to put God first individually. Somebody say amen. Everybody say point number two. Point number two is put God first as a family. Everybody say put God first as a family. All right? This is the second design, right? Design who you want the Lord to be in your family. Design who you want the Lord to be in your family. You get that? I got one face that's like, what is he talking about? So, listen, the information that our kids get about God, for the most part, because Johanna does an amazing job, right? That was weak. Let's try that again. Johanna does an amazing job. Okay. Why are you trying to hide under your jacket? (laughs) Very enthusiastic fellow back there. Actually, I forgot to mention what the name of this was. The name of the, the title of it was The Designer Family. All right, so, and so what we're doing is we're designing our family so that what you saw earlier does not happen to yours. All right, so put God first as a family. Design who you want the Lord to be in your family. First one, pray together as a family. Everybody say pray together. Amen. Amen. I know there are times when we need to pray by ourselves. That sometimes we need quiet time with the Lord. Sometimes we just need quiet time with our spouse and the Lord. But then there are times when we need to all come together. Our kids learn how to pray by watching us. Amen? All right. Uh, read the Word together as a family. Amen? Check this out. You know why I got this Bible? Here's the story behind it. And I'm, I'm actually kind of giddy about it because I'm really, I'm really excited. My kids are excited about the Word of God. All right? So I, I had actually recently bought Yasminda a Bible, right? I bought my, myself a purple Bible, um, which has now since been given away <laughs> to somebody else. But I bought her a New King James Version purple Bible, and she was, like, really psyched. And, and so when we have devotional time at home, she pulls it out, and she's like, what chapter can I read? Can I read? Can I read? And it's really cool. And then so and I couldn't find one for Anthony. The one that I bought her was the last one. Otherwise, I would have bought a secondary one but we couldn't find one. Then I went to Barnes and Nobles on 86th Street, right? Huge store, huge, huge, massive store. They had tons of Bibles, and I tried to find the, a similar New King James Version um, that's about a little bit bigger than this, you know, and I couldn't find it. And they, they did, really didn't have one that was appropriate for him. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, was, I was bummed out. Lo and behold, yesterday my wife and my kids are in Western Beef. Of all places, by the ribs section, the pork ribs. No, I don't know where they were. But they found this really cool New King James Version Bible, and my son went berserk. And he, like, he couldn't wait to see me because he was like, Dad, look, 
Look, it's the new King James Bible. It's brown, and look, it's small like me. And he was just so psyched about it. And I actually liked it so much, I got myself the exact same one. But my kids are excited about reading the Bible. And so the other day we were reading in John, and they just found it so funny how Jesus turned the foot-washing water that was by the doors into wine, and then the, the governor of the feast drank the wine and said, you guys drink, save the best wine for last. And they, they were like blown away by it, and they enjoyed it. They're enjoying it. If you take the time with them, they will enjoy it. And, and you don't even have to be all crazy and elaborate. The stories speak for themselves. They really do. Amen. It's the word of God. It's alive. And they just accept it and absorb it and memorize it better than me. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Read the word together as a family. Point three, make de- declarations about who God is and what place he holds in your family. Make declarations about it. When we pray at night, uh, usually I'll say something along the lines of, Lord, you are master and king over our family today and all of our tomorrows. And I say things like that on a regular basis. And that kind of thing sticks in their head. You have to declare who he is so they know who he is. They have to know that he is over you, that you are submitted to him, right? And so when they're old, they will do the same. My dad was submitted to God. That's what I have to be, amen, or my mom or my uncle or whoever you are in a a young person's life. Uh, Next point, make family decisions together as a family, right? So a lot of times people will make family decisions um, about their finances or about things that go for the family kind of by themselves and then break the news to the wife and the kids. No, don't do that. Make family decisions as a family. Allow your, your children to give input so they feel like they have something at stake. If they feel like they have ownership, they will act like they own it, all right? If they feel like they have ownership, they will act like they own it, all right? Reinforce the importance of the entire family's commitment to the things of God on a regular basis. Remember what's important to you will be important to them. Somebody say amen. Listen, we have to go to church. We have to. We have to be there. It it is our day to worship the Lord, and He expects us to be there, and He deserves our praise. He has been too good to us. He has done too much for us, and we need to go to church. So put your shoes on, brush your hair, brush your teeth, and walk down the steps. I swear that was right out of my playbook. That conversation has actually happened in my house. (laughs) All right, so we're on point number three already. Can you believe it? Point number three. Thank you. Oh, I see, I see. Gotcha. Oh, man, special. All right, point number three is make family the priority. Everybody say make family the priority. So we serve God to the best of our ability, um, and we serve our church, and we serve one another. But sometimes... Our family has to be the priority. Your family is your first ministry. That's something that I've heard from some very wise men for a very long time, and they've been very successful in their, in their families. 
and I have chosen to do the same. All right? Design the family you want to have. Everybody say, design the family you want to have. Right? If, 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 listen, if you're going to church or if you're going somewhere and you're seeing a family and, and, and you're like, hey, man, that's what I want in my family. That's what I want to do. And you walk away and you don't do anything about it, then what good are you? Right? If there are things that you desire to see in your family, if you see a, 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 a certain family and you have your own and, and there are things that they're successful in and there are things that they're blessed in and, there are, and, and you know, it's, not, it's not endemic to them. It's simply the blessings of God. And it's attainable by anyone on the planet. It's the grace and the favor of God that can be for you too, right? So if you see, if you see a successful family, a family that is successful in God, that's living the abundant life in God, I'm not talking about rich. I'm not talking about, yes, father, no, father. I'm not talking about like kids that are, you know, cracking the whip. I'm talking about a family that you can identify the blessings of God upon, right? You simply do what they're doing, right? Design it that way. You have to be intentional about it. All right? Everybody say intentional. You got to make up your mind to do what they're doing. And don't be afraid to ask. If you're in church and there's somebody that's doing something that you like or involved in a ministry that you like and you admire what they're doing and how they're doing it, hey, man, you know, how can I kind of get to where you're at? And, and people will help you. Amen? All right. Make family the priority. Point one, aside from pleasing God, nothing is more important than your family. I'll say it again. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. All right. Aside from pleasing God, nothing, all caps, is more important than your family. Can you agree with me? Okay. Weigh how your daily decisions will affect your family. Make decisions based on how the, your, your family will be affected by them. Uh, invest time in your children so they will be groomed by you and no one else. Amen? All right. Sound like you guys like that one. So we're, 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 God has given us the privilege to groom our children, to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We don't want somebody else raising our kids because they may not give us what we have to give them. They may not give them the godly perspective. Always tell your children the truth. They get plenty of fantasy from everything else in the world. All right? You have to be their source of truth from start to finish. All right? I'm going to say that again. You have to be their source of truth from start to finish. You know what happens to a lot of teenagers in the world? They get to become teenagers and their parents had lied to them uh, throughout their whole childhood. You know, there's a Santa Claus and he's a fat guy in a red suit. There's an Easter bunny and he's this. Uh, there's a tooth fairy and there's this and there's that. And it's all fantasy. And then they get old enough to say, yo, I think mom was lying to me. Sup with that. And then you get another kid that comes along and said, hey, your mom don't know nothing. And that's why a lot of kids act like their parents don't know anything. And they won't receive from them. So always tell them the truth. Always. Um, amen. I'll leave that one there. I was going to say something else, but it may be too much. Say, don't do it. <laughs> now, here's the next point. 
don't, don't do your children's thinking for them. Let them decide what they don't understand and simplify it if you have to, right? Don't, don't, don't do your child's thinking. Explain to them something. Even if you think it's going to be over their head, let them tell you that it's over their head. You'd be surprised at how much they understand. The, these kids come out of the womb moving iPad screens. They know a lot more than we did as when we were little. Let them tell you what they don't know and then break it down a little bit more if you have to. But don't not tell them something that's going to be beneficial for them. Don't not tell them something that's going to guard them from the evils of this world because you think, ah, oh, they're, they're a kid, they won't understand. No, stop doing that. Amen? Um, train your children to process life through the filter of God's word and through prayer. All right. So as, as, you're, as, you're, as you're working with your children, whether they're nieces or nephew, nephews, and they're talking about stuff, because they do a lot of talking. They talk about everything, 100 miles a minute. As they're talking, stop them and say, well, what does the Word of God say about that? How should we feel about that? How does God feel about that? What do you think God thinks about that thing or that show that you're watching or that music that you're listening to or this friend that wants to hang out with you? What do you think God thinks about it? And let them answer. Amen? Um, be who you want your children to be. Be careful to let them see it so they can observe it and reproduce it. Be who you want your children to be. Right? So there's that old adage, um, do as I say, not as I do. There's no room for that in a godly home. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, I know there are some things that you feel like you've graduated toward when you, when you become an adult. You know, I'm a grown amen. Well, your kid will be saying the same thing and they will make you... <laughs> okay, I'll leave that alone. But be who you want your kids to be. Just, just model it. Just be that. I want my kids to be this, this, and this. Okay, now you've got to live it. Amen? And if you have a problem with it, then there's probably a, a, a condition, an issue with your heart. Amen? I'll leave that one right where it is. Um, watch what your children are watching. Go where they're going. Listen to what they're listening to. It's imperative that you know what they're digesting every day. Somebody say amen. There is so much garbage in this world. And our children are the target. It's all directed toward them. Social media, music, media, movies, family, television. Right? There's so much garbage. Eh, I don't like cartoons. You better learn to like them. You better pay attention. I noticed how, many, how much sexual innuendo is in, in, in cartoons there is. Kids' cartoons. Kids' cartoons. There's tons of it, loads of it. Loads of occult symbols and stuff all over it. And I watch it and I actually sit with them and I say, Yazzie, you see that right there? That's a witchcraft symbol. You see that right there? That's something that, that is, that is a, it's a symbol that invites the demonic. And, and I let her know, what's, a, what's demonic? Oh, it's connected to the... And I explained to her. And thank God there hasn't been one instance where she was like, I don't understand she actually gets it all and, and is able to repeat it back to me. 
but don't hide it. Just tell, tell them the truth. It's an old Bob Marley song. Tell the children the truth. One person knows the song. <laughs> Thank you, James. Brother James, my man. My rallying team right there. Tell the children the truth. Tell the children the truth. Tell the children the truth right now. Good song. Um, we're almost done. Bring loving correction when necessary. Now, I said loving correction. So I'm going to do like they did in the electric company. Loving correction. Loving correction. Loving correction. Loving correction. Loving correction. So to some people, that those two words are just so far apart from each other, you can't possibly have them together. It's all rod, right? So, you know, we, we don't have to beat them down to correct them. Um, but do correct them. And yes, they are wrong sometimes. Flat out wrong. They're children. They don't know any better. They need us to tell us what is wrong and what is right. There's, there's, a, there's a popular train of thought that I hear people saying, children are never wrong. They just need to be kind of steered and guided. I've heard this. It must be something that they're teaching in teacher school because some of our young teachers are coming there and saying, you know, they, they, they need to feel that they're never wrong, but am I right? There it is, right from the teacher's mouth. No, they are wrong sometimes. <laughs> There's a problem in our current society with children. They do not take correction well. They, they cannot be wrong. I know this. I deal with 120 kids every single day. They... You can't tell them that they're wrong. And if they accept that they're wrong, it's your fault because you made them wrong somehow. I know what I'm talking about. We do this thing in my job called the life space interview. And it's basically um, a, a pattern for helping a child to learn new behaviors, right? So you figure you have them just kind of vomit out the entire crisis experience then you kind of feed them back the information so that they know that you understood what they said. And then you tell them, oh, and then you, what you have to do is you connect the behavior to the feeling. And then you design a strategy so that the next time the feeling comes, you can behave differently. And then you actually practice it and you, you plan and then you practice it. You literally act it out so that they can. And then you kind of do this over and over. And I do a bunch of those every week. And a lot of times I can't even get to the part where you plan because no way I was it was him Yeah, you want to but you want to keep your job at the same time. So th it's an epidemic. It's a social shift that has indoctrinated our children to become an unruly adults. Right, so it's, 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 it's endemic of the whole selfie, me, my, I generation. Right, and we have to be aware of this, especially when it comes to our children and the young ones that we love. Bring loving correction when necessary. Uh, and last, treat everyone as an individual. 
but make standards everyone has to follow. Right? So understand the young people that you're dealing with, nieces, nephews, your own children. Understand that they are individuals. They have their own personalities as you're dealing with them. But at the same time, there has to be godly standards in your home for your family that everybody has to follow, including dad. Amen? I don't like that last part, but even I submit to my own standards. All right, so we're on the last point. You guys ready? This one is really long, so get ready. Last but not least, pray, pray, pray. Right, so you cannot fight a physical battle with spiritual means, and you can't fight uh, a, a spiritual battle with physical means. Right? There are a lot of unseen forces at work against us looking to bring that picture that we saw on the screen to fruition. It is, it is the enemy of our soul's mission to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I believe, I mean, that picture was on the billboard. It was probably about 30 yards wide by a good 10 yards high. It was massive. I may, I, I don't know. I suck at math, but it was really, really big. I should have said it that way first. It was really, really big. And so, you know, even, even if you look throughout history, you find that in the ancient civilizations, there would be uh, writings. Whenever they wrote a song, it would be endemic of what they were going through at the time. The, the people that would write for theater, they would write about social and cultural things that were happening at the time. The entertainment of that time, they would literally portray what was happening and what the future held. And so I believe that it's the same in our time. I believe that image alongside the Bruckner Expressway was telling us what the intention of the enemy is. And it's not that little kid. It's my son and my daughter and your niece and your granddaughter. Right? So I, I, I pray that this was a blessing. Uh, feel free, Julio, to put it up on the website so that they can grab it. And if it did not pertain to you, that's great. Maybe there's somebody that you know might need it for their own family. Print it out. Um, actually, I sent you a Word document. Maybe you can convert it to PDF so that everybody can take it and, and forward it. Amen? Because we are at war. Amen? We are at war. And the first ones with the targets on their backs are children of Almighty God, our next generation, our seed who's going to carry the gospel forward for the next generation.